You're listening to Positively Anti-Inflammatory, the show for people just like you who want to keep inflammation down and your spirits up. I'm your host, Alyssa Abrahamson, functional nutritional therapist and wellness coach. Today and every Wednesday, I'm here to be your coach and your guide as I offer insightful ways for you to lead a positively anti-inflammatory life. Hello and welcome to episode 100. (laughs) Yay, we're at episode 100, Positively Anti-Inflammatory. I am so grateful that you are here. It's This episode is coming out the day before Thanksgiving, which is perfect because today's episode is so meaningful, so special, and there's so much love and thankfulness and appreciation and gratitude that I have for my very special guest today, Liz Temple, who is uh, one of my clients. We worked together earlier this year and I am so grateful for the opportunity to work with her and see her through so much change and transformation And as I was approaching episode 100, I knew there was no question what I was going to do. I was like, I am having Liz on the podcast because I know that you will be able to relate to everything that she has to say. You will connect with her. And she has such a beautiful story and healing journey. And I'm Liz, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so grateful that you agreed to come on the podcast. I know it's your first podcast. So thank you so much for being here and welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Yay. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to first start off by reading the email that you wrote me when you first reached out to me on, in February, 2022. And I might cry, as you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Alyssa. I love your podcast and listen every week. I was especially moved by the recent show about treating yourself as you would a friend. I was diagnosed with seronegative rheumatoid arthritis in December 2020, and it has been a battle full of ups and downs. Lately, there have been a lot of downs. I'm nervous as I write you but i am interested in hearing what you have to offer and how you might be able to how you might be able to help me navigate diet and wellness in a healthier way thank you for everything liz temple i love that i know that i told you this before but when i read that i you know tears came to my eyes obviously and i was like i cannot wait to help this woman <laughs> I was so excited to get that email. I was like, let's do this. So again, Liz, I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much. And I am so thankful that you're opening your heart and willing to share your journey and your story here on Positively Anti-Inflammatory. So let's just start off with, I'm curious what... So you were diagnosed in 20 in December 2020. So what was happening in your body that led up to that? So it was like it's so strange. I can pinpoint the exact time and date when I started to have symptoms. Um I it was September 18th of 2020. It was five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, and I just had this 
nagging pain in both of my thumbs. I could not get comfortable. Um, my now husband was saying that I was writhing around on the couch and I didn't even realize it. And I just couldn't figure out what was going on. And I'm a, I've always been a pretty active person. I've been in sports. I've hurt myself. I've twisted ankles. I've sprained fingers. I've had surgeries. Um, and this was something like almost immediately I was like, this is weird. Something's going on. Something's not right. Um, and I, I didn't sleep very well. I was never really the type of person to take any over-the-counter medication medications for pain. Never really liked them, but this pain was so bad. I was taking, um, I was taking Advil kind of around the clock for a whole week. It wasn't touching the pain. Um, I took a Norco from a previous surgery that didn't touch the pain. Um, and I'm also not one to kind of go to the doctor, but within the week I scheduled an appointment with my primary care doctor because I was like, something is wrong. Something is not right. Um, so she was concerned about all sorts of auto autoimmune diseases, did a whole panel of, um, autoimmune RA lupus, all sorts of different blood work and um, told me to continue doing the anti-inflammatory medications and then sent a referral to a rheumatologist. So I think pretty quickly I was able to get in with the rheumatologist, maybe like a month, month and a half, I got in with the rheumatologist, continued to have pain every day. And it was really just my thumbs um, into my wrist. But it was it was bad. I mean, nothing was helping. It was constant. Nothing was making a difference. Um, and so I went to the rheumatologist, and that was an experience. I am in the medical field, so I do have a little bit of knowledge about medicine. I work in the ER. They call us uh, a jack of all trades, a master of none. So we do have a little bit of knowledge about this and that. But I, I kind of had a little bit more of an idea than the layperson on how to navigate the medical system. So I went in, I did not, you know, assert any medical knowledge into the situation, listened, allowed the doctor to do more tests. All my blood tests came back negative. Um, and so by this time, my pain was affecting work. I wasn't able to open packages at work to do my procedures I need to do. It was difficult even, you know, pushing on my patient's bellies or holding my stethoscope to their chest. It was just really interfering with my life. Um, and I was becoming desperate because I was trying topical creams. I tried everything. I tried CBD. I tried THC. I tried anything under the sun I tried. Um, and it was just really becoming a huge problem. So she ran a bunch of tests as well. I asked her if there was imaging or anything that she could do for me to kind of get down to the bottom of this, because now the pain had been spreading to my other fingers in my hands, the other joints in my hands. And, um, she's, she just kind of blew me off, but did some tests anyway, and told me to come back in a month if the pain didn't get any better. I came back and she totally just 
she just gaslighted me really. Um, told me, you know, there wasn't anything else to do. She could do some things because quote, as you know, in medicine, sometimes you do things for patients that aren't necessary just to make them happy, unquote, and just told me I wasn't taking enough Tylenol. Um, after, you know, basically ending up in tears in her office in desperation saying, I don't know what to do. My pain is interfering with all aspects of my life. I can't do this anymore. What can you do to help me? And her response to that was, you know, you can get a second opinion. And so that's pretty much exactly what I did. I still didn't have any answers. I still didn't have any pain relief. Um, but I went and got a second opinion. That appointment took another two months to get. Um, and in desperation, because of pain, this pain was so limiting. I was contemplating going on an LOA, not working because I just was not functioning. My hands weren't working. They were in pain all the time. What's an LOA? It's a leave of absence. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So we can take time off work and... Um, it's medically necessary. You get paid, but you're just not working. Um, and so I contemplated doing that, um, was able to get an appointment with my current rheumatologist, December 30th of 2020. There was a lot of fear around what was going on. Um, I had spent about six weeks in New York in April and May of that year, or May and June of that year, rather. Um, for COVID and to help people with COVID. And I live in California. This was a much different experience in New York than anything I had seen ever to this day in California. Literally 100% of our patients had COVID. Um, there were not really infection control measures separating out people. So you're in a room full of patients, full of COVID. So I didn't know. I mean, I never had any symptoms of COVID. I had negative antibodies when I left New York, but part of the concern was that all my tests were negative. Does this mean that this is some strange COVID thing that I had COVID and we don't know why these pains are happening to me and we'll never know and there's nothing to do about it. That was part of the anxiety I had about that. Um, but this current rheumatologist really listened to me and she was a breath of fresh air. She took me seriously. She validated my fears. She validated my feelings. She um, told me that it was her job to figure out how to help me live without pain. And so that was just amazing. So I had hope at that time. Um, at that time, I was anticipating a life where I would not have any pain through, you know, medical means. Um, and so I was then happy. So this is part of the ups and downs. So I worked with her for three months at a time. I, or I think it was two months at a time at the beginning. Medication changes, um, trying different medicines to help with the pain. The only thing that has ever helped my pain was prednisone. It's an anti-inflammatory and um, I started at a pretty high dose, like a 60 milligram dose and kind of tapered down just to see if that would help. And it did. It made me crazy, but it was the only relief I had had since September. And this is now, you know, early 2021. 
Um, but then I started to feel like I was getting an ulcer in my stomach. I started having burning sensation in my stomach. So that was kind of a no go anymore. So anyways, she, she was able to get to the point where she diagnosed me with seronegative rheumatoid arthritis, meaning all of my labs are normal. Um, all of the normal markers that will tell you that a person has rheumatoid arthritis were negative. Um, and began treating me that way, which that in and of itself, I mean, I'm a medical person. I want answers that in and of itself created some anxiety for me because I didn't know what was going on in my body. How do we know that this is RA if everything is normal? How do we know it's not something else? So it's another down. Medicines weren't taking away the pain like I had expected them to. Um, and I was starting at this point, I think I was starting to get pain in other joints as well, like knees, ankles, feet. And that was really discouraging. Um, so I would go through a period of time where I would go on a medication. It would work for a little while, but then I would get, I got a rash with my first medication. So she stopped that medication and started a new one without tapering, which I think was part of the problem, which sent me into this immense flare where my pain just picked up immensely. So again, I was like, well, now I'm back to really bad pain. Um, and it just kind of was back and forth, back and forth, trying to help with these medications. And I do think that the medications worked. I think they helped, but I don't think they helped enough. Um, I was still nervous about what the rest of my life was going to look like. It was still affecting work. How am I going to be able to work? Am I going to make it to, at this point, I was 35 years old. Am I going to make it to 50? Am I going to have to be forced into retirement? Um, what, what did my future look like? And that caused a lot of anxiety. I was single. I had a mortgage. I had responsibilities. And I wanted to work. I wanted to be a productive member of society. So that was another anxiety that had started up. So I kind of searched for things that could help me in addition to medical um, management. One of those things was I had heard about this anti-inflammatory diet and I wanted to see, you know, could that help? I heard, a I read a lot of things about gluten contributing to joint pain and the science behind that. I bought books. I read, I think, like three or four books about different anti-inflammatory diet approaches, which also caused anxiety because there is a basic outline for an elimination diet where you eliminate everything for a period of time, a month, three months, whatever it is, and then slowly add things back. But they're all slightly different on what you can have, which you can't have. Um, you know, nightshades, tomatoes, eggplant. Some people say you can have them. Some people say you can't. And that's kind of a the way it is with everything. So that was confusing and anxiety provoking for me because I just kind of wanted a blueprint of this is exactly what you need to do to feel better. And so I also, at the same time, was looking for like a podcast. Is there a podcast that talks about anti-inflammatory diet. So I went into my podcast app and I typed in anti-inflammatory and I found this podcast called Positively Anti-Inflammatory. And this was probably about 
March, April of 2021. And it was a relatively new podcast. And so I just started listening. We were on lockdown. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. So I just would sit in my house and listen to these podcasts. Um, And I just really felt a connection with you, Alyssa. Um, When I listened to these podcasts, I felt like I could relate to where you were with your um, rheumatoid arthritis. And I could relate to, I felt like you could relate to me more importantly, that you had been through the pain and you had been through the ups and downs and the figuring things out. And you sounded like you had a good grasp on managing your illness and kind of living with it and living with it positively. And so that really appealed to me. So I listened every single week and I just was getting a lot of knowledge from you and a lot of holistic approaches to how I could help manage my pain, which was, that was a breath of fresh air as well. And then May of 2021, I started kind of my own version of the anti-inflammatory diet on my own. I did it religiously for 12 weeks, not one single slip up. I eliminated, um, what was it? It was dairy, gluten, um, seed oils, sugar. And the problem that I, it was fine. It was fine. (laughs) But I think, you know, I did not have the tools necessary to gracefully have an exit plan to make it sustainable. It did help. I did feel better. I was sleeping better. I had more energy. My pain was better. I felt like I could do more things. But I lacked what I now know as food diversity. And so I was kind of getting bored with everything. So at the end of the 12 weeks, I said that I was going to start reintroducing things into my diet. I had I had eliminated eggs. Oh, before this, I had done a um one of those at-home blood tests to see if there were any intolerances in your diet and eggs were my number one. And usually I guess that's egg whites, but my number one was egg yolks. Um, and I used to eat eggs basically every day. So I eliminated those during the elimination process. And that was the very first thing that I wanted to reintroduce because I love them so much. And my pain was intense when I reintroduced them. So I would have them, I would have a a serving each meal. And I did that for three days. And the first time my pain got worse within about two hours, I was like, this is not real. This is this is nothing. This is, you know, this is a fluke. You know, I did something with my hands that's causing more pain. That's not the eggs. And then the second time I had the eggs, I was like, oh no, this might be the eggs. The third time I had the eggs, it was, oh no, this is the eggs. (laughs) Sorry, but (laughs) that's okay. And stubborn me, I kept having them every meal for three days because Mm -hmm. I was not convinced that my eggs were not going to be a possibility in my life. (laughs) Right. We don't want to think that. We don't want to think that. We also don't want to eliminate anything to then reintroduce to figure things out. I mean, a lot of us do, but a lot of us, a lot of us don't. We don't want to 
we just want to live our lives pain right. free. <laughs> right. I don't want the answer to be that I can't have eggs. <laughs> I know. I know. So I introduced them back. That was definitely a trigger. After that, that was a huge letdown for me. I was kind of discouraged about introducing anything else in because I was like, I don't know how to manage this. I don't know what this looks like. I'm just going to go ahead and eat the way I had been eating for a week and we'll get back on it. Um, well, that didn't work out so well. Um, so I was May through August on the anti-inflammatory, my version of the anti-inflammatory diet in August, I just kind of went off the rails again and went back to my old way of eating. Um, and I don't know. So one thing that I do know is that heat helps my pain. So I have a lot of heating things in my house at work that help soothe my pain. Heat pads, heat packs, heated gloves that I sleep in. They're very sexy. Um, but so cold weather also is a very big trigger. Grabbing a cold drink out of the fridge or grabbing something out of the freezer just kills my hands. And so now August rolls around. I'm on an eating rampage and the weather is starting to turn cold again. And again, my pain is just out of control despite medications. I was also doing, um, I also started right around May of that year also. I started acupuncture, which was, which was, is, and has been amazing. Um, I was not really sure what to think about that. I was nervous about reaching out to do that too, but I just knew I needed help. And so my acupuncturist has been amazing. Also, she's been with me the whole time, basically, um, and, and will pinpoint, this is where my pain is. This is how she can help me clear my energy channels. And it's very, 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 very healing for me. Um, I can tell when I haven't had acupuncture. Um, so that's also another methodology that I've been using to kind of help manage my pain. But the end of the year, 2021, I'm down in the dumps again. Um, I feel depressed at this point. The pain in my ankle was so bad that at work I couldn't walk five feet. And my job requires me to be on my feet. It requires me to walk around, see patients, be busy. Um, and I almost cried at work. I was an hour and a half in. I felt like my ankle was broken and I couldn't walk. And I was so depressed. I would sit at home. I couldn't do the workouts that I wanted to do. Like I said, I've always been really active and exercising has always been a way for me to release my stress and all of that. So that was difficult. Um, so I just sit at home and I would just spiral in my brain. Um, negative talk about the future, about things that I cannot do, things that were, it's unfair that I can't do this anymore. It's why me, I'm so young. Why don't they have an answer? Could this still be some weird COVID thing? Um, what is my life going to look like? I couldn't open jars. I couldn't open, I could barely open door handles. At my lowest, lowest, lowest point, I couldn't clean myself after using the restroom. And that was really 
extremely difficult for me. I would, I had to ask my partner to help me with that, which he graciously did very lovingly, um, very supportively. And I just broke down and started crying and I'm feeling like I'm going to cry now because I'm remembering how hard that was. Uh, My mom was forced into retirement because of a disability at the age of, I think she was like 55. And so that was also weighing in on me and like, is my future going to look like my mom? Um, Am I going to be able to travel? I love to travel. Before COVID, I was traveling every three months, whether it was domestic or international. I just couldn't see how I could do the things that I love to do. And it was just very dark and very down and very, very, very low, very awful, awful time. And so at the beginning of the year, I knew I needed to do something different. And at the end of Alyssa's podcasts, every time you say, reach out to me, I'm here for you. Um, And I was like, I need to do something. I had, in the meantime, I had tried counseling Um, And it was supposed to be a counselor who understood chronic pain and autoimmune disease. And it just was a nightmare. It was a nightmare and I hated it, if we're being completely honest. So that is kind of why I was like, okay, uh, I connect with Alyssa. I have connected with Alyssa, her whole podcast. Um, She understands me. She's speaking directly to me through the microphone. She has the information for me. She is going to be the perfect person for me, but I am scared because I hate therapy. I hate, you know, formats like that. What if she can't help me? Just all of these different things. But I did reach out in February with that email. And that's really where I was coming from was just like, I don't know what to do. Nothing is working in my life. I'm so young. I can't do any of the things that I love. I'm not going to be able to work until retirement, like planned. I'm not going to be able to travel. I'm not, my partner's going to have to be taking care of this invalid who can't do anything for herself. And it just was so hard. So that is when I reached my lowest of lows and reached out to you. And I was nervous. I didn't want to do the work, to be honest. I knew it was going to be hard. I didn't really (laughs) know what the format was going to be like. I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect because I was, I was afraid that was going to be like counseling and therapy I'd had in the past and that I was going to hate it. And I didn't want to hate it because I love you (laughs) and I've always loved you. So I reached out and we had our, we had our, um, session, our first session, just to kind of see if this was going to be something that would work for me. And I remember I was anticipating like a 15 minute call, you know, very business-like, this is what I offer and this is how much it is. And this is what you can do and make your decision. And that's not what it was at all. It was an hour. I remember it was an hour long conversation, just about everything. And I think we both cried. Yeah, probably. And it was just kind of like you asking me, what do I want? What am I looking to get? What, how can you help me? It wasn't, this is my program and this is what I'm going to do. It was Liz, how can I help you? And that was also 
such a breath of fresh air. It was amazing to feel like, wow, somebody's here for me. Somebody's on my team. Somebody's looking to see what I want. They're looking for my input. They're able to feel how I'm feeling and see how I'm feeling and they have something to offer. So our journey began, our six month journey began. Um, and that was, that was interesting. I remember the first couple sessions, I was like, when are we going to get to diet? <laughs> Why are we talking <laughs> about all this like mental health stuff? Like, when are we going to get to diet? Um, but you helped me work through a lot of things and help me find connections to kind of how my mentality contributes to everything and how your mindset and the way you talk to yourself and the way that you approach eating, just everything, everything really just ties in together. Um, so, you know, you, you gave me the tools. We, we, again, you know, took things out of the diet, gluten, dairy, refined sugars, um, seed oils, refined oils. Um, but I do just want to interject and say that I didn't tell you to do that. Correct. That came from you. Correct. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. Um, these are things that I wanted to do. Right. But you gave me the tools to really be able to do them. I think the first time I went about it, I, it was gung ho all or nothing. And with you, it was like, okay, what would you like to take out this week? And for how long would you like to take it out? And right. You started with sugar. Yeah. And you, you were too scared to take out gluten for a while. (laughs) I was, I was. And you, you specifically had said, what will be easy for you to do? What will be the easiest thing for you to do just to get started, just to do something? Um, and so I did sugar and it was like, I'm so much of a all or nothing, nothing person. And it was like, okay, you're going to do this for one week and then we're going to meet again and we're going to reevaluate how you're doing. And I was like, wow, this is a really a slow process, but it worked. It worked, it worked, it worked. And it, it made it easy. You gave me the tools to make it easy to take out the things that I wanted to take out, um, evaluate how I was feeling about it mentally and physically. Um, and just create a sustainable process. And you gave me food, food diversity. I, I, to this day, I mean, I just had delicata squash for the first time a couple of days nice. ago. And I thought nice. about you because so I'd never had it. Yeah. <laughs> so delicious. It's so good. Um, wait, I do just want to just also acknowledge that, um, you have been a diet Coke addict. Yes. For, I don't know, 20, 30 years. I don't know. Your whole life. (laughs) And how it just, you know, my, my, and I'm, my approach is exactly what you're saying. Like when I work with someone, I want to go to the, the, the root causes of what's causing these maybe blockages to change or the all or nothing thinking like understanding. So then, then the change that the decisions that you make to create transformation and change and have breakthroughs is literally coming from your personal 
self-reflection and exploration. So I know that you were scared when you reached out, but also you were committed and you, you know, and I think what's also we need to remind ourselves is that this is, you know, we talked about, I mean, I say, I, I feel like I talk about this all the time that like we've been doing something our whole lives. So we, and we, if we have this black or white, all or nothing thinking, we can't just, I mean, some of us could automatically just like, boom, stop. But I've talked about when I cut out dairy and gluten, I, it took me six months. I mourned it for six months before I did it. And so it wasn't, and it's kind of like exploring what is, what is your relationship with Diet Coke? So I had you write a letter, like a love letter to Diet Coke, right? just to even understand what is that? And we, we uncovered like connections to your mom. I mean, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> right. And I, I'm very proud of you because Diet Coke is no longer in your life. And it's not because I said, don't drink Diet Coke. Look at how bad it is for you. It's like you figured it out in your own time through understanding where this, yes, there's a chemical connection, 100%, but you also had an emotional connection. And then you allowed yourself, you gave yourself permission to move through that and then release that and find other things that actually feel better in your body. Right. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite things we did was my letter to Diet Coke. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love, love, love it. So, you know, what, like, what was it like, what has it been like for you, you know, when you think back about feeling really having rock bottom, it's such a dark place really struggling. I mean, thank you so much for sharing such, such an intimate part of, of your life and then reaching out for help because I know that can be terrifying, especially because you had bad experiences. So you you didn't know you're like, okay, I like her. I connect with her, but you know, it's, it can be really intimidating or scary or whatever it is. But what, what has it been like you, for you to learn to prioritize yourself and your health? It has been like life-changing. Honestly, I used to be the go here, do this, always be busy type of person. It's been freeing for me to listen to my body and listen to what my body needs. And I mean, I used, I chronically had four or five hours of sleep a night for many years, chronically tired, chronically everything. Um, But it's been extremely freeing and extremely empowering to put myself first and really listen to what my body is telling me that it needs. Um, I mean, I, when I was working with you, I told you, you know, I had a hard day at work. I worked nights. And so I had, I had a hard day at work, didn't get to go to sleep, 
at the time that I wanted to. So I canceled a workout and I used to be the type of person that was like, I am not going to miss this workout no matter what. And it really would make me exhausted and just cranky and all sorts of different things. So it's empowering to say, Hey, this is what I need. And I'm okay saying that this is exactly what I need right now. If I need to sleep, um, if I need to rest and just not do anything, if I need more water, if I need this, if I need that, if I don't want to go do something because I'm not feeling good, then I'm not going to go do something because I'm not feeling good. If I want to avoid gluten and people want to go to a restaurant, I will, I feel better, you know, saying, Hey, let's try this restaurant. Um, which was a big thing for me before I was also a people pleaser. (laughs) I was a yes, ma'am. Um, (laughs) yeah, it just, it, it's incredible how much the change has the change, the change you have helped me go through. Um, I feel so much happier. I feel like I love myself more. I mean, everything that you've taught me, you know, talking to yourself in a positive way and not, you know, down talking yourself, listening to what your body is saying that it needs, giving yourself nourishing food, giving yourself sleep, even the water, the Berkey filter, (laughs) everything has just, I'm happy. I mean, I, my whole mindset has changed. I don't fret about the future, what it might be or what it might not be, uh, because it's not doing me any good. It's, I mean, all I have control of right now is this moment and the decision that I make right now. And I can, all I can do is do the best for my body and what it needs through diet and everything else. Um, And so I've told you before, having chronic pain, because the pain is still there. It's definitely, definitely more manageable, but I do have pain every day. Um, Having pain every day now is not a death sentence like it was before. Um, It is like having curly hair. I have curly hair, so I take care of it differently than somebody who has straight hair. I have chronic pain, so I take care of my body differently than somebody that doesn't have chronic pain, but it's not a negative thing anymore. And it's, I think just taking the time to learn why I was feeling the way that I was feeling going through those hard, those hard moments, trying to make breakthroughs as to why I had a, such a, such a connection with diet Coke or why I was feeling certain ways, being able to process my feelings and figure out where they're coming from and work through them. Um, And like I said, just listening to what my body is needing in that moment and not feeling guilty about it is, it's just been life-changing. I feel like a completely different person than I was in February when I wrote you that email. I feel in control of my life. I feel in control of my body. I feel like I'm in the driver's seat. I'm not being taxied around somewhere by this evil disease that's going to maim me and leave me disabled. It's just, I don't even know that that answered your question, but I mean, that's how I feel. That's, that's how I feel. It's been such a crazy, crazy, crazy change and crazy experience. I literally feel like a different person. So I, I, 
thank you for all of the tools that you've given me and everything you've taught me. And I find myself even to this day, obviously that's the point, but I find myself practicing these, these problem solving and like, where is this coming from and why am I feeling this way? And it's okay to feel down, but you know, work through it and then move through it. And I just thank you for everything. It has just truly been life-changing. It has truly changed my life in so many ways. It's just been so incredible. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, weeping over here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so grateful for, for you. And also, you know, we need to be willing to feel even more discomfort beyond the physical pain to experience growth and transformation. And you you learned through all of the journaling that you did and all of the exercises and all of that, you know, the weekly to-dos to not only prioritize yourself, but also self-advocate, which is similar but different. You know, early in, like you mentioned, you you had those people-pleasing tendencies and you didn't want to be a bother to anyone when you were trying to make dietary changes. And so you felt uncomfortable sharing. This is what you, you couldn't eat at a restaurant and you would just, you know, suck it up and push it down. And, and so you, we, we worked through that. And so you're in a totally different place. And I think that it's like we can get in the, especially women, we can just get in these, you know, everyone else comes first. We want to people please. We don't want to, you know, rock the boat or, you know, we don't want to be seen as um, a new, you know, not a nuisance, but like as um, what word am I looking for? Just, I don't even know what word, but we want to go with the flow, you know, and just be like, Oh, it's no big deal. I'll eat, eat wherever. And so what did we do? I recommended that you just talk to your best friends and just so everyone's on the same page. And that's just the beginning of you reinforcing your commitment to yourself, your investing in yourself to work with me and to make changes on your healing journey. And then you include your best friends and your community because the more we can communicate about it, then the more people can empathize and understand. And then there's no you know, and, and I know it's not always easy to do that, but whenever we can share and find someone that we trust and, and let them know what we're going through, then it's, it is building that community. It is building that opportunity to know that you're not going to be a bother because they understand, you know, and you're not going to be a bother anyway. It's kind of just what you were thinking, which it wasn't true. Right. It just wasn't true. You know, we, we place these, we think one thing and it really just might not be the truth. So right. <laughs> you were never like, you know, they were gracious and of course we'll go to a restaurant where you can, you know, what menu, like what looks good to you. And and you know what I've shared this before. I am very grateful and open and clear. Like, hey, like this is this is this is where I can eat. 
and I love looking at at menus ahead of time and right. you know and I it is I think I think also in that we can be um role models for 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 standing in our truth knowing who we are understanding what we deserve knowing what we want and self-advocating and that is so a part of self-compassion self-care self-love literally communicating your needs right. and so it can be so hard trust right. i'm still working on it really great it in some ways but still working on it in others and you know you talked about listening to your body and i think for so many of us like it just that we don't know how to we don't know what that means we don't know what that looks like what what does that mean to you what can you give anyone you know anyone who's listening like insight into what that means to you and and how you do that for me um it's i've become so mindful in so many different ways in i mean ways that i never was before it's you know eating a meal mindfully like Alyssa says <laughs> um and when the meal is done, if I have pain somewhere, like thinking, oh, what was it that was different? Was there something different? What do I think is happening in my body right now that's causing that pain? Maybe, you know, I'll keep an eye on that. Maybe I'll avoid something that I ate or, you know, try it again and see if it was a one-off or whatever. Or, you know, feeling really tired and instead of wanting to watch another three shows saying, Oh, my body's telling me I'm tired. Let's turn the TV off and let's go to bed. Um, or just feeling really lethargic or low energy or whatever it is. And saying, I am okay not cleaning my house today because my body's telling me that it doesn't need to clean the house today. It's telling me that I need to rest. And it's okay to rest and things can get done later. Um, or like I said, having pain and not being able to go out and do something that you had previously planned on doing and having to cancel and being okay doing that. Another thing I've learned to do is I know that when I go out and run errands, there's a certain amount of errands I can do before I start to feel really bad and my pain hurts more and I'm just exhausted for the rest of the day. And so I've kind of gotten to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to do these two things today. And then tomorrow, or if I'm feeling up to it or the next day, I'll do the other two things I need to do. Um, and just being very present in my body feeling how's my digestion doing today how is my head hurting it how is my head feeling today am i having a little bit of pain maybe i need a little bit more water um am i feeling sad am i feeling happy am i feeling whatever and just trying to just be present in my body and feel what i'm feeling and recognize where that might be coming from um and just if it feels like I have a little bit of a headache, drink some more water. If I feel like I don't have the energy to do that, then don't do it. If I feel like I want to have some dairy ice cream, because that's what I'm feeling, understand where that's coming from, understand 
why I want to do that and enjoy it without guilt. And then I can also listen to my body and say, how did my body react to that? I don't typically have that. What happened? And then is it something that I would want to do again or not? And just listening, just listening to all the communication that's happening. It's hard to do. It's really, really hard to do. And it's a hard thing to learn how to do. Um, Practice, baby. (laughs) Yes. But you feel so much better when you actually do that. I mean, I feel, I thought I was like superwoman before and doing all these things and like, oh, I'm functioning. And I wasn't functioning. I wasn't, I didn't realize how bad I felt until I stopped doing those things and stopped overworking myself. It's so So. interesting because I really, I think one of the first things that we talked about was, you know, the gym and how when you told me a few weeks in that you were tired and you didn't go to the gym and you had conflicting feelings, I was very excited because given your personality, everything that you had shared with me up to just under, just, you know, understanding who you were intuitively knowing this is something that is important for you to learn is giving yourself permission to learn to rest and listen to your body and things, you know, we, and allowing yourself to change and shift. And even though it might be confusing or disappointing or frustrating, something that you could have done two years ago, you might not be able to do now, but you know what? It doesn't mean that you might not be able to do it in three months or three years. But just right now, developing that communication with with yourself, with your body, saying, yeah, I want to push through and go to the gym because that's what I've done my whole life. But now I'm learning that that is my body is actually needing something different. And it's uncomfortable for me to do that. But holy crap, I feel so much better that I that I slept in instead of going to the gym. Right. And so that was super exciting and profound when you started doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because those with autoimmunity are, are are unique creatures. And um, you know, any kind of a chronic illness also, I mean, sometimes it is we're a push-through culture. And that is uh, you know, I've certainly been there and I'm over it. And so I, I feel passionate about, you know, um, I talk about this all the time, but the, the giving ourselves permission to change our mind or make a, make a change and whether it's temporary or not, that is a part of getting to know ourselves and not holding ourselves like this, like tense, holding ourselves to these expectations of like, Oh wait, I should be doing this. Or this is how I should, this is how I've been. Like, why can't I do that? It's like, that just defeats the purpose that is keeping your body in that, (laughs) that stressful, sympathetic fight or flight state, which is disruptive and keeping you in pain mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. So yay to, you know, learning to listen to your body. And yeah, it's a practice and it's going to be different for everyone. You know, it really is. And understanding that we have lived our lives one way for our whole lives and 
that there isn't, I mean, there isn't necessarily change overnight, but I am so committed to helping you have lifelong lasting change. Therefore, it's not just like, oh no, take out Diet Coke here. This is a meal plan for you. No, it's like, dear Diet Coke. (laughs) And then take you three months to come to it, to go off of it on your own. And now it's gone forever. And that's fucking amazing. So proud of you. I mean, all the, all the transformation, but that's so huge. You know, it's like you came to it on your own terms, on your own time. And so it's forever. And that's really what, I mean, that's kind of the number one thing that I love about your program is that exactly that I'm coming to the conclusions. I'm coming through the breakthroughs. You are just, (laughs) you always asked me, well, why do you think that is? And I'd say, I don't know. And your follow-up was always, if you were to know, what would the answer be? And <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I just, it was so empowering to be like, wow, I came through this breakthrough. And like almost every session I had with you, I felt like I was saying, wow, that was a breakthrough. I didn't even think about that until just this very moment. But it's very empowering to not be told this is what you need to do. This is the plan. Again, you're not in the driver's seat. It's so empowering to be like, I came to that conclusion. Yes, you may have guided me. Yes, you may have had insight. But I am the one that ultimately discovered, this is why I am the way that I am. This is why I feel the way that I feel. Do I want to continue to feel this way or be this way? If not, what can I do to change it? If so, then great. But I mean, that's really kind of the big, huge thing that I'm most grateful for is that it was always, I came up with the answers and I had a friend sitting there talking to me and guiding me through the process. And that was just amazing. That's awesome. I'm so glad. Yeah. You put, and you put in a lot of work. So Yeah. I definitely was we not didn't miss a week. That. Every week. <laughs> well, everyone's every week, but you know, we just we were there, baby. We were there. <laughs> right. So um I'm just I'm wondering, you know, if 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 there is someone who's listening, you know, if you think about what advice you might want to give someone who's wanting to pursue like a holistic healing path. Um, maybe some, I don't know, what is like something that you have learned that you believe that everyone should know that, that, that could help them on their journey. I think giving yourself permission to try things out and not not like setting yourself up to say you have to do this and you have to stick with it, but just try things on for size. Like, Oh, acupuncture seems like something that I want to try out. If there's even just a small piece of you that wants to try it, then try it. You don't have to commit your life to it. Um, give yourself permission to not like it. Give yourself permission to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but definitely Also give yourself permission to put yourself first and just really figure out what it is that you need. It is 
it's a whole different world out there when you're thinking about you and trying to prioritize yourself and what's good for you. Um, but yeah, like I said, try things out. You can find books if that's your thing. You can listen to podcasts if that's your thing. You can you can try Alyssa out, which I highly recommend. Um, you can, you know, maybe I want to try to take gluten out for a week to see how it does. Even if you do it on your own, you know, just give yourself permission to try things out and see how they feel for you and really be present. I think that's really what people need is like being present and being able to hear your body say, Hey, I think I need this and try something out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but just being kind to yourself and giving yourself grace and allowing yourself to try things out to see if they're going to help you or not. I love it. What does, um, what does positively anti-inflammatory mean to you? Positively anti-inflammatory means to me a, a number of things. It means for me, making positive changes to help you live an anti-inflammatory state. Um, it means like having positive outlooks on things and trying not to get weighed down with the, with the negatives or the what ifs. Um, it means, you know, positive energy. It means, you know, these changes that you're making, these changes that you're suggesting, or these changes that you're introducing to people are ways to positively help anybody. Really. I don't necessarily think it's just for people that have autoimmune or RA. I don't think you need to have chronic pain. I think the way that we live is inflammatory in many different ways. Everything is go, go, go. We're attached to our cell phones. We stay up late. We eat crap. Um, and we, we just are constantly go, go, go creatures. And that's just the way that we're living nowadays. And I think everyone can stand to take an anti-inflammatory approach to life. I think that this is good for everybody, regardless of whether you have an illness or, you know, chronic pain. Um, I think that the world needs a lot more slowing down, being positive, making these changes in yourself, because I think really inflammation is really damaging all of us, regardless of what we're going through. So I think everybody can really, really stand to make some great changes in their own life following positively anti-inflammatory and being more positive about themselves. And I think that that will kind of go into being more positive with other people and just the world stands to gain great things if people were to follow more anti-inflammatory way of living. And so that's why positively anti-inflammatory is so important to me is that I really genuinely feel that every single person that is living and breathing can take some benefit away from it. Yay. So what are you most proud of? I am most proud of genuinely being able to listen to my body and listen to what my body needs and not feel like, feel like I'm in the driver's seat. I've said it before, but feel like I'm in control of this life. I'm in control of how I feel. I'm in control of how things affect me. I'm in control of what I want to do, what I don't want to do. 
I'm in control of not feeling guilty because somebody else made me feel guilty. I just feel so proud of myself for the transformation that I have made because I'm living my truth now. I am living my truth. This is who I am. This is what I need. It's still a work in progress as it always will be, but I am more in control of me. Like I feel happier. I feel less pain. I am happy with my dietary choices. I, if I do indulge in something, I don't feel guilty about it. Um, I just have just grown so much. I have grown so, so much, but really just listening to my body and taking ownership is really what I am most proud of. I love it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for finding me. Thank you so much for opening your heart and 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 being willing to get to know yourself and learn to connect with your body and yourself and prioritize yourself and your heal- healing and self-advocate. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and celebrating 100 episodes. Yay. <laughs> It is such, you know, it is such, it is it's such a joy to know you. And, you know, I'm just incredibly filled with love and gratitude for you and cannot wait for everyone to connect with you and hear your story. And um, I know that you're really going to brighten people's day and things are really, really going to resonate. And I really hope and and believe that everyone listening is, is going to come away with some sort of inspiration and some connection. And, and that is so, so meaningful. So thank you for being you. Well, <laughs> and thank, thank you, you for being you. <laughs> thank you for being my life. And thank you for being on my episode. This is so exciting. <laughs> Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you for everything you've done. It's been a pleasure and I'm glad this was my first podcast. Me too. Yay. Bye, Liz. Thank you. There you have it. 100 episodes celebrating with one of my amazing clients, Liz Temple. I am so thankful to be here at this amazing milestone of 100 episodes. And if this is your first positively anti-inflammatory episode, welcome. And if you've been here for the, the whole ride, I'm so glad that you are continuing to join me and connect with me. It means so much to me. And thank you for celebrating. Thank you for celebrating. I am feeling so much gratitude and pride and joy to be able to bring Liz on the podcast, share her journey and have her be so open and vulnerable to share her journey and her transformation with you. It's such a gift. So thanks for joining. And until next week. Say something nice to yourself, slow down when you eat, and say yes to rest. Hey, if what you're hearing resonates with you, I created a free resource just for you, Anti-Inflammatory Living, The Essential Guide. 
To get your free copy, head over to guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com. That's guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com to receive your free anti-inflammatory living, The Essential Guide.